you know, uh, the, the devil likes to cause division. The devil like, likes to cause destruction and, uh, you know, and, and cause hurt. But, you know, we have a greater and bigger powerful God. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson, and today I have the privilege of uh, talking once again to Equipping the Persecuted Founder, Judd Saul. This is our third episode and actually our final episode, but we have some interesting stories to tell you today, don't we, Judd? Yes, we do. Well, as a reminder, Equipping the Persecuted is based in Sioux City, Iowa, and they work principally in Nigeria, where they have to deal with uh, the persecuted church and people who are affected by Boko Haram, the terrorist group there. So, Judd, we've talked about Islam, we've talked about the radicals who are terrorizing the people of Nigeria, but could you fill us in a little bit more, remind us about the Christian population in Nigeria, how strong they are in numbers and in spiritual maturity? Well, it's uh, it's about a 50-50 split um, uh, currently right now. Uh, there's the Christian South and the Muslim North, and the Muslim North is increasingly uh, persecuting uh, Christian areas taking over their territory and kind of systematically trying to take over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's caused a lot of, it's caused a lot of problems and conflict. And, uh, there are a lot of Christians out there. Um, I would say some might be more on the nominal side, uh, that, you know, have a Christian background, kind of like here in the U S people claim to be Christian, but probably aren't. Um, there's a lot of that going on, so there's a, still a strong need for, you know, real gospel to be preached uh, in those areas. So maybe in the Christian South, it's just kind of a, a culture to be Christian. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah, it's like a, it's it's kind of a Christian culture. It's like a lot of people here in the United States. We have a Christian culture, but eh, people actually going to church and dedicated well, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So. Has the Christian population there experienced persecution for years, and or how long has this been going on, and and how are they enduring? Well, the 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 real I would say the real violent persecution uh, really started taking place in two thousand nine, where like uh, Boko Haram decided to become militant. Mm-hmm. They decided to start uh, using guns and violence to uh, Achieve their agenda and uh, and take over territory, and and they will go through. And if uh, well, if they find a Christian, they can't uh, recite any uh, verses of the Quran. They'll kill them. Hmm. Uh, and they like to target churches, and they like to kill pastors. They like to kidnap pastors, and they like to uh, destroy. Um, because in in Islam. If you have a mosque in an area, that is a sign of dominance. It's a sign of we've kind of conquered the area when they put up a mosque. So when they see churches, they see those as places that they need to destroy. I see. Mm-hmm. 
Well, in our previous episode, we talked about a tragic turn of events last weekend and how your organization, Equipping the Persecuted, provided aid to the people who were displaced as well as to the church. But there's more to the story, isn't there? There is a little more to the story. And uh, after those attacks, uh, there was a few people... uh, a few people from the Christian side that went and tried uh, doing a retaliatory uh, um, kind of revenge hmm. on some Muslim villages that had nothing to do with their initial attack. And uh, that created displaced persons uh, uh, from these Muslim villages. Now, there was a, one of our, one of the people on our team says, you know, maybe we should, send them aid. And you have to understand, after a retaliatory attack happens and these people are displaced, and this is a, these are Muslim-controlled villages, it is very dangerous for a Christian to show his face. I imagine so. In, in, in these villages. And uh, we, as a team, uh, talked uh, over the phone and we prayed and um, we decided to say, yeah, let's, let's go in to that village and offer them aid. And we did. And um, the report we got back was they welcomed us, they welcomed, uh, they welcomed our people, they welcomed the aid, and they even allowed our team to share the gospel. Oh, now that right there is phenomenal. It's, it's, it's miraculous. It is, it is, it is, it is, this is only a work of God that could happen. And they were in tears, and they were crying, and they were just blown away that a Christian organization would offer them aid. And Especially because it, it was at the hands of Christians, or at least nominal Christians, that they were attacked. Right. Who had just, who had just killed some of their people. Hmm. But we, we sent a message, and we demonstrated the love of Christ with them, and we were able to share the gospel with them. And uh, uh, my, our contact on the ground called me after it was happened, and he was, he was choked up. He was, he was kind of in tears. He said, this is one of the most rewarding things we've, we've done, and uh, uh, couldn't have done it without you know, the help of equipping the persecuted, putting out the funds to be able to do these things and arrange the travel, and and all that, and, uh, you know, it's rewarding for us back here because, you know, all I do is facilitate and help raise funds to send over there, and uh, people are coming to know Christ, and lives are being changed because of it, and hmm. i tell you, there's nothing more rewarding than uh, than spreading the gospel and working for the Lord and, and helping those that are really in need. Well, there's been some real fruit in your work so perhaps you'll even have an opening to go back into that Muslim area now. Yes, and they're going to be more receptive. They'll be more receptive to uh, what we have to offer and what we have to say. They'll, they'll, they'll be less skeptical, but, we, but it's also sending a message to the area. Mm-hmm. You uh, know, that Jesus loves everyone. Amen. That's wonderful. Well, I think this was a case of God redeeming, uh, you know, what what man meant for harm. You know, uh, the the devil likes to cause division. The devil likes 
likes to cause destruction and uh you know and, and cause hurt but you know we have a greater and bigger powerful god well, yesterday we talked a little bit about how you helped a particular church where the people were displaced. What are some of the other ways that you work with local churches in Nigeria? Well, uh, I, I didn't mention this yesterday, but um, one of the things that uh, is, is needed out in that area, especially uh, in some of these rural villages where a lot of them don't know how to read or uh, and they speak they know their tribal language more than they know English. Mm-hmm. And so one of the needs are is to get uh, biblical materials translated into their tribal languages. And so one of the things we've been doing recently, it's it's a thing that's come up, is uh, we've, we've bought uh, several hundred Bibles that are translated into Hausa to give to new converts uh, that are out there. When people come to know Christ, well, we have to find a way to um, get the materials and disciple them. And when it, when, after a church gets attacked, <laughs> you know, it's, we not only give them rebuilding materials, but they need hymnals, they need Bibles, because everything inside the churches has been burned. So we try to resupply them with what a church should have. Mm-hmm. And then we also help give them supply, you know, give them biblical materials and supplies to, you know, give to other people to help expand their ministry. Right. So could you remind me, Hausa, is that uh, a tribal language or what? Yeah, Hausa, Hausa is, a, is, a, is a very popular dominant uh, tribal language that's more in the Muslim north. Now, oh. in Nigeria, there's, about a, there's, a, there's over a thousand different tribal languages. Mm. And there's about, you know, there's about four dominant tribal languages, and then there's a subset of, of those other languages. Hausa is one of the ones that are most common, especially in the Muslim areas. Okay. Yes, I knew I'd heard of it, so thanks for clarifying that. So yep. on top of this great need that the Nigerians are already experiencing, they are dealing with COVID-19, like a lot of the rest of the world. Are there a lot of cases there of people who have coronavirus, and are the people dying from it or recovering um, well, it's <laughs> the the thing is there are a few that have been confirmed with coronavirus, but because the infrastructure is uh, and the medical infrastructure is terrible, um, no one knows. Mm-hmm. Kind of a mystery. Uh, but, the, but the Nigerian government uh, has ordered lockdowns, uh, which has stopped their economy, which has uh, stopped a lot of. Uh, you know, commerce going on. And if you have to understand Nigeria, the Nigerian works on kind of like a daily hustle just to make ends meet for the day. Mm-hmm. Like they might make 2 or $3 a day, and that's what the average Nigerian makes a day is about 2 to $3. Now, if the government comes in and says, oh, we're shutting down the markets, we're shutting down this, you can't go work and do your daily hustle. Well, now we have people that are starving. Because mm-hmm. of the lockdown, and uh, and that's what we're seeing is, and especially within the camps and the persecuted Christians areas, well, the camps because they've ordered lockdowns, there's no commerce going on. We are finding situations where people are not getting any aid whatsoever, and they are starving. 
which makes it all the more important that a ministry like yours is able to respond quickly to the need. And we're and we're doing it as quick and fast as we can. It, like, like I uh, stated yesterday, as soon as money comes in, it goes right out the door. Because mm-hmm. right now the needs are very, very, very great, and the resources are low. And, you know, it, like with the COVID thing, I mean, people can come up with their own judgment, but I think the uh, uh, the cure is worse than the disease. Many people feel that way, for sure. So in our country, we know that uh, some churches are experiencing giving being down and some ministries as well. Um, how has that affected your ministry? Uh, it's uh, it, it has affected us a little bit, but people have been generous uh, through this time. And uh, it's it, it has been a blessing. That's you know, good uh, to hear. When you're, when you're doing the work of the Lord, the uh, Lord provides. And we have faith that he will provide and continue to do so. Well, as we look at Nigeria, I mean, often it's the children who lose parents or grandparents and are left orphans in times like these when we're dealing with a particular disease. Um, are we seeing this yet in Nigeria? Um, we're starting to, because of, the, because of the hunger and starvation, we're starting to see some of this going on. Um, and with the massacres, well, let's say with COVID, Boko Haram has been taking full advantage of the situation. The government's focused on trying to keep the markets down and keep people from uh, socially gathering. Boko Haram doesn't care. They're, they've continued and increased their attacks during this crisis. Hmm. Um, and so wh- what we're seeing is, I mean, people are kids are becoming orphans because uh, because of violence. Hmm. And uh, there's a need within these communities because other families, uh, friends are now taking taking these kids in and there's not enough orphanages for uh, for these kids. And they already have a big problem with the need for orphanages, don't they? Yeah. Yes. So do you work with any health agencies or any family ministries who might come to the aid of these orphans? Uh, we work with locals. Uh, we work with the uh, uh, locals that are Christians that uh, do medicine. Uh, there's a couple other missions out there that uh, uh, if we have the resources, we'll help send a medical team in uh, to give treatment, to give some medicine in. Um, but we don't work with any official NGOs Okay. on that sense because we, we find that, uh, uh, I hate to say it, but it's, uh, I'm trying to find the right word to use. <laughs> we find that work, uh, other experience working with other large NGOs and, uh, things really don't get done, uh, the way they need to get done because of bureaucracy and red tape and everything else. Well, you clearly are a man of action, and your organization is one of action, and you respond very quickly. So that's something I've come to appreciate about equipping the persecuted, and I'm sure our listeners do too. Now, how can we best pray for your ministry and for the Nigerian people, especially the church, during this time of pandemic? Pray for strength and resolve Mm. for the persecuted Christians. 
pray for protection over them and and pray that uh, people will rise up and and help them. Excellent. Well, Judd, would you like to close out this series in prayer, and then we'll share your website so people can learn more about your ministry? Yes, I would love to. Dear mighty God, Lord Jesus, you are an amazing God, and it is a privilege to serve you. Lord, we ask and pray that you provide protection over the persecuted Christians in Nigeria, and that you give strength, resolve to those that are serving you out there, Lord. There are those that are ready and willing to die for you in your name. God, I ask for uh, protection over our ministry workers. I ask that you bless this ministry. I ask that you touch the hearts of the people that are listening to this podcast, that they are aware and help them understand how good they have it here in the United States. And give them, uh, give them a heart of uh, caring for those that are persecuted, Lord. We can't do this without you, and we know that. And we love you, and we serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Judd, for that beautiful and powerful prayer. And we continue to pray with you and with equipping the persecuted as you serve the Nigerian people. Tell us what your website is. Our website is www.equippingthepersecuted.org. And you can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash equipping the persecuted. And you can learn more about our ministry. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have other stories uh, that you'd like to share with us, or you'd like to volunteer, we'd, we'd love to connect with you. Excellent. And on Facebook is where you kind of give an account for the funds that have come in and how they're being used. So that's a really good place to go to uh, look for pictures, videos, and just stories. Isn't that right, Judd? That's right. Every time we send out aid, every time uh, uh, that happens, our team is required to give a report, send pictures, um, listing what's been purchased, who we've been serving. We have to be careful on some of the uh, details on, on the situation because of for safety reasons. But uh, uh, as, soon as, as soon as funds come in, it goes out, and we have a report every time on what happens. Wonderful. Well, thank you for serving the people of Nigeria and especially the church there. May God continue to use you as you bear fruit for his kingdom. Thank you very much. We've been speaking with Judd Saul of Equipping the Persecuted. This is our third and final episode with him, and we hope you'll go back and listen to the other two episodes. Lots of content there, some great stories and testimonies of how God is using this organization for his glory. 
I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us here on Charisma Connection. And take a look at cpnshows.com if you haven't been there lately. We have a growing network of podcasts, and you may be intrigued to learn who is on there and who has a show on our network now. So check out cpnshows.com. And while you're there, you can also see that uh, Charisma Magazine is now available as an audio product. So if you want to listen to Charisma like you would an audiobook, you can check that out, get a free 10-day trial, and listen in the spirit, either by going to cpnshows.com or charismamediaaudio.com. So we thank you. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.